He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. It's epic, isn't it? It's just, it's got every, it's, you can't get more, as I said at the beginning, more complete and total than that. It's like we're slowing it down and like giving it like a more of a dramatic reading because it's, it, it calls for it, it begs for it, uh, than just kind of rattling through it. And this is who we're celebrating a coronation of King of the Universe, our Lord Jesus Christ, this image of the invisible God, firstborn. Coronations are big deals. I mean, we know we've got one coming up in May for, for England. We got the uh, uh, King Charles now is going to be uh, crowned. I believe it's in, yeah, I think it's May at some point that they'll do the official nice outdoor thing. And, and you can just imagine that's going to be the, just all over the, the press, the news, especially over, over in England. And uh, I, I was just speaking with a, a priest from, from England just, um, just yesterday, and he was, he was telling me a, a little bit about the last time when, 70 years ago, when uh, Queen Elizabeth was crowned and big to do, they had, it was on TV. Yes, they had TV 70 years ago. And there was a really, a really special thing. Like in the moment when they anointed her, the, all the cameras on, the moment they poured the oil on her head, the cameras turned away and just up on the ceiling because that is such a holy moment right there for her to receive that. And then the crown comes and the crown is, the royalty wear crowns to signify their anointing. It's the crown goes on the place where the oil was. It's signifying, there it is. This is the anointed head. And that's what crowns are, are about. So Jesus Christ crowned king of the universe is going to be a big deal. In the first reading, we have uh, a prefiguring of all this in King David. And there's, there's, su there's such a lead up and then there's all these incredible parallels with, with, our, with our Lord. It's, now King David, he's um, 900 and something years, about a thousand years before Jesus Christ is when, when David lived. And he was chosen by Samuel among all his brothers as just this, just this kid at the time, a shepherd. And the, Samuel comes along and anoint, he has this horn of oil, this better the same horn that which he anointed Saul. We know that Saul didn't turn out so well. And so he comes and God sends Samuel and anoints David and the oil just, just pours over me. And from that moment, he's designated as the king, but he's not acting as the king yet. He's just a kid. And, and Saul's the, the, act, the king who's, who's actually doing things, but he's anointed. And it's not until after Saul's fall from grace and Saul's uh, is, dies in battle and, and some most of his family gets 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 killed as well. And when the, the people turn to David and say, well, David, you were leading the armies anyways. Why don't you be our king? They didn't do it because Samuel said, this is the they, they just were, were drawn into to David. And so they, well, we just read, they crown him king, they anoint him again, they crown him king, 
But he's not in the he's not in his throne yet because he's living over in Hebron. He's not in Jerusalem. So they do. What does he do? He said, well, okay, let's go up and take Jerusalem, and now we're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant up there. And so there's curious details that now happen as he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. First of all, he strips down. Not all the way, don't worry. But, but, and, and he's dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant, and they're slaughtering bulls like every, it's like the, the scripture says, this is in the second book of Samuel, takes 10 steps and they slaughter another bull and another 10 steps and slaughter another and it's just festive and rejoicing and dancing all the way into Jerusalem and there they place the ark in the temple David has his throne where he's reigning as king and from that moment on his kingdom begins to really expand and consolidate and, and grow and first take over uh, this battle and then another battle and then and expands out and then this treaty and that treaty until it comes to be the most glorious reign that Israel would ever know, ever. For the next 1,000 years, all the scriptures always pointing back, oh, those were the glory days. But David and then Solomon kind of went downhill after that. But those were the moments there the glory of the temple. And they were waiting for another who would take up that reign, that kingdom again. Jesus comes a thousand years later, chosen not by Samuel, but by God himself. Jesus is also anointed, but he's not anointed with oil from a from a prophet, he's anointed by the Holy Spirit. There, you remember the scene in the baptism in the Jordan. The sky rips open and the Holy Spirit descends down upon him. This is my son, my beloved one. Listen to him. But he's not crowned yet. He brings the Ark of the Covenant, so to speak, into Jerusalem as David did. But he himself is the Ark of the Covenant because he is the new covenant. And he comes in rejoicing and he's coming in to take his throne and the people are rejoicing and celebrating. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're throwing their cloaks down on the ground as he's, as he's coming in and riding as a king on a donkey to take possession of his kingdom. And then it turns really, really tragic. Because then he too is stripped down. But not willingly. Then he too does this dance into to his throne. But it's a dance carrying a cross. He too is crowned but it's a crown of thorns. Jesus Nazarenus Rex Judeorum. That's what the sign said on top of, that was placed on top of the crucifix on, on the cross. This Jesus Nazarene King of the Jews is what that plaque was on top of the cross. But instead of bulls being sacrificed one every 10 steps and again and again, 
It's just one sacrifice and only one, and it's him. Now, it seems to end tragically at that moment. He's abandoned by everyone. David, what did he do when he got to Jerusalem and celebrate? He gave all, the, all those sacrifices, he gave it away. All, all the, the, the meat from these sacrifices, and it's, it's, it's in there, it's in, you read it. And, and like they gave figs and dates and wheat to everybody who came up for that. So he's providing, he's being generous, he's giving from the stores of what he, what he has. But Jesus is giving his own flesh for our nourishment. And from the stores of his own heart comes forth the blood and the water. Where's the kingdom? The rulers sneer. If he's a chosen one, let him save himself. He's, if he's the Christ of God, the soldiers to your same thing. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Third time, sneered at one of the one of the criminals hanging there next to him. If you're not, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us too. Where is this kingdom? And then this incredible prophecy from the other thief, the other criminal, revolutionary, different translations. Have you no fear of God? We have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. That's all of us. That's not just those two up there. We have received what corresponds to, what, what's our it's original sin? Death is the consequence of that. Suffering is the conse consequence of that. Aging is the consequence of that. And we need saved from that. We need a king who will defeat those enemies there, not just the Philistines. And that's when the kingdom opens up. Amen, I say to you. Today you will be with me in paradise. And who is he that he gets to go there? The first guy to get in is that guy? Also, for us, it doesn't matter where, what, how, what our Lord is asking is us for us to open our heart and say, I want you to be the king of my heart. And I don't want to seek salvation here below. Not from our politicians, not from the doctors, not from just getting all the peace, peace worked out, not from my family. Lord, I want you to be the king in my heart. I want your kingdom to spread. But it's there on the cross where the kingdom starts to grow. The first member of the kingdom, chronologically at least, appears to be, well, Mary, of course, but this thief, and then another heart, and another heart. And it's Jesus is right there in that moment, unlocking eternity for him. He's unlocking eternity and paradise 
as the king of the universe, of all that is created and all that we can't even see and don't even know where we're going to be spending the rest of our eternal being in paradise. That's the kingdom he's inviting us to. The glory begins there, not here. We get a little taste of it, foreshadowing, moments. And here as we're nourished at the table of sacrifice, we get a start to get a sense of that, get a taste of that. And he's already healing us. He's already bringing us piece by piece, opening these different little doors in our heart to bring us into that kingdom. So here's the invitation. Open your heart. Allow him to act in you, through you. Be a member of that kingdom. You're already anointed for it. Do you know that? Unless someone here is not baptized. The anointing, what, what, what happened to the queen? What I mentioned back at the beginning? That happens to all of us at baptism. We're anointed on our head with this chrism. We're brought into that kingdom already. He wants us to be the apostles that spread that kingdom. There are so many people waiting for that. So many people just waiting for someone to, and they don't, they don't know that's what they're waiting for. But they're looking, searching for salvation here and it's not panning out. And they're getting really frustrated or even trying really harder. But what they need is the truth and grace and love and goodness of Jesus Christ. And then it opens up. It's like, ah. And all of you who are here, I know you've had that experience already. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here. And he wants to do that more with you, through you, for you, in you. Those closest around you and complete and utter strangers as well. We celebrate this kingdom that has, is already here, but not yet fully. We are members of that kingdom, the kingdom of Christ, the reign of Christ, reign of Christ, reignum Christi, the reign of Christ. So we'll continue on with this mass and thanksgiving for this great king that we have, pledging our allegiance to follow him, being nourished by him at the table, and at the same time saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Christ our king, thy kingdom come.